welcome back to our Golden Twenties. My name is Tegan, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sadie. Hello. And we have an annual episode here for you, which we don't have that many that we do every single year, but I think we have done a International Women's Day episode every year, or at least the last two. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So we are here to chat all about International Women's Day. It takes place on Wednesday, March 8th. And this year's theme is hashtag embrace equity. But before we dive into the main topic about International Women's Day and sort of celebrating that, we are going to do a quick goal check in because we are recording this on March 1st. So a couple days before this actually mm-hmm. launches, but hopefully if you're goal setting too, you can hear what we have to say and feel inspired. And if you haven't set your March goals yet, feel free to do so. Yeah, I love that. I feel like people put, me included, put a lot of pressure to like set monthly goals mm-hmm right on the first day but it's like hey if you're listening to this the day it drops on march 7th yeah it's not too late you still can set goals and march is a longer month so Mm -hmm. we still have lots of time to put thought and action into it and plus we haven't talked about monthly goal setting for a while on the podcast so i feel it'll be a good a good check-in for sure yeah so did you want to start sadie with i don't know talking about your goals your thoughts for march for sure. I think that where my head went first for March is that I'm like my March intention is to be focused on my finances. Mm. And I think March is going to be a big finance month for me. I have lots of like added income coming in this month, which I'm looking forward to to kind of mm. get myself back on track. I'm one of those people where it's like after the holidays and the craziness of like Christmas and everything like that takes me a bit to like find my footing and not just feel like I'm like catching up on like savings accounts and contributions, things like that. So March is usually the time of year where I put myself back in place and I'm very fortunate where I get like a bonus payout at work. Usually that's the time of year my raise kicks in at work. I just had a positive performance appraisal at work. So I'm like hoping for a fairly good raise. So all in all, I feel like finances are going to be on the brain for March for me. So I have a few goals within that. Some of them are more just like to-do list items, like Mm -hmm. do my taxes. That's the first one on there, but it's tied to finances and important reminder, do your taxes, people. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my first goal, do my taxes. Second goal here is to recover some of my savings. Mm -hmm. Like I mentioned that I had to dip into a little bit through the past few months through like the holidays and whatnot. So just kind of recover all of that. And then my third goal under this finance bucket, I hinted at, I think in last week's episode, but it is to not shop at Sephora. (laughs) And it's very ironic that I say that because Earlier this week, I went and I purchased a very expensive product, but it's something that I've tried out the trial size and Mm -hmm. it really works wonders for my skin. So it's like, this is worth it, but this is my last purchase from Sephora for a while. So that is going to be a lot harder. And I know that sounds stupid, but it's going to be hard for me. to. And I also am like very much 
I don't know, no skincare at Sephora. That's kind of my right. thing right now where I'm like, I don't need anything. I'm good. So we're good there. So that is all under the finance bucket. There's some three goals there. And then I also set a goal to go on at least one date this month, just keeping myself accountable to mm-hmm. my dating journey of 2023. And then, oh, I missed actually one of my first goals on here is so on top of my finances, another big focus for me, which I totally almost <laughs> skipped over <laughs> in my notes here, is to move my body every day. Mm. And I think through January and February, I've been, I don't know, lots of things going on and lots of things happening in my social life and that's Mm -hmm. going to continue through March. But because of that, I've just really been deprioritizing movement So and like intentional movement. So with the longer days again, I'm hoping to get outside for just leisurely walks up my step count, but also get back in the practice of daily yoga or like three to five times a week yoga, just at home, maybe once a week in studio, and then also returning to some YouTube workouts because I just Mm. have been reacquainted with some YouTubers that I really love their workouts. So, and that's totally free and easy to do at home. So moving my body every day, finances, going on at least one date. And then my last goal is to read two books and that Mm. will just keep me on track to my yearly reading goal. And on that note, I wanted to just quickly plug something new we're doing on our Patreon. So before I pass on to Tag, just (laughs) going to mention this, that if you also are focused on reading this year or this month, we are starting a book club exclusively for our patrons on Patreon. So if you're interested in joining that, go check it out. Our Patreon levels or subscriptions start as low as $2 a month. And not only does it show your support for the podcast, but you get in on fun stuff like this monthly book club. So we'll just be sharing a book for each month moving forward, starting with March. And there's a comment section on Patreon so we can really open up the discussion. Once you read it, you can like comment on our post with your thoughts and kind of like connect with other people in the community and discuss all of that as if it's an actual book club over a nice glass of wine. So yeah. I love that. What about you, Tag? Do you want to walk us through your goals? Yeah. Well, I was kind of thinking of my goals from the perspective of, like, as I said in the previous episode, I went on a vacation to Mexico. And I feel like every time I go on vacation, I come back and I'm like, oh, I wish my life was like that. Like, my Mm -hmm. life is just so blah compared to that. And then I was thinking about it and I'm like, well, but why does it need to be that way? It doesn't. Yeah. So then I was like, how can I make my life more like my vacation life? And obviously, like, yeah, when I was on vacation, I read four books in the month of February because all I did was lay on the beach and like drink margaritas in the sun. It's like, obviously, that's not realistic because first off, I live in Canada. And if I went on the beach, I'd like die (laughs) of hypothermia. And I have a job and you shouldn't drink margaritas all day, every day. But outside of that, it was like, what are the things that I could do to replicate the feelings of being on a vacation? And so I had on my list to move my body once a day, just like you. I did in January the like daily yoga challenge, 30 days of yoga, whatever you want to call it. 
and I really enjoyed it. And I was thinking of doing something similar or I keep seeing like the 15 days Pilates challenge. And then I was like, I feel like I need to step away from the structure because I think part of why Mm. I love the vacation is how relaxed it is. I can do whatever I want. And so I'm like, Mm -hmm. if my movement is like a tiny little yoga stretch session, I'm counting that. If it's going for a 30 minute walk to the grocery store, I'm counting that. And so I sort of reframed that goal a little bit. I also wrote that I want to try and be creative once a day. And whether that's making a TikTok, obviously my job I am creative in. So I feel like this will be easy. But still, I want to try and make an effort to do that. I want to try to eat healthier and I'm not following any diet. It's just like I I know what's healthy. I feel like everyone listening, you know what's healthy. (laughs) So I'm working on that. Continuing to read, trying to get outside. Obviously, as I said, it's very cold here. So it's so easy to just like never go outside. And yeah especially like I have a car, I get my groceries delivered. Like if I didn't force myself to go outside, I feel like I just never would. So Mm -hmm. that's one thing. And then I want to be able to rest more and be okay with resting, which sounds stupid. That's a big one. But yeah, it's hard. No, I think that's big. Yeah. Yeah. Because it doesn't feel productive, even though it's like, I know it's productive. And I can say like this vacation, all I did was rest and I came back and I've been so productive. It's only been, you know, three days or whatever, but I'm like, I have so much more energy. I'm more productive. It's not like when the work day ends, I just want to lay on the couch. So that is awesome. And I'd maybe like to try experimenting with waking up a bit earlier but not at the expense of my rest, if that makes sense. So that goal is kind of yeah. fluid. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, those are the vibes I'm hoping yeah. to bring in March. I love that. And I think it also like nicely aligns with the change in season. Yeah. Like with a little bit of longer days, like the sun coming up a little bit earlier mm-hmm. and setting a little bit later, you do feel a little bit more inspired to get outside and actually enjoy the sunshine and you feel like you have time around work hours when there's actually daylight and yeah not saying it's warm like I think we're getting a snowstorm like in a few (laughs) days here but just the sun helps but also if it does warm up which it should hopefully throughout the month of March I always find a change in season and temperature and daylight makes me want to eat healthier makes me want to move my body makes me want to you know just I don't know it makes me feel better and more inspired so I feel like that's kind of the extra push to help implement some of those healthy habits that you have on your goals yeah exactly and when you're feeling good I feel like it's easier to continue to feel good if that makes sense like if you're feeling bad getting yourself out of that slump is so much harder than staying in the good vibes (laughs) yeah no you're so right and it's funny that you mentioned the whole yoga and like if I just do a yoga video that's enough like yeah you know I don't need to if I'm not going to the gym doesn't mean my walk didn't count or my yoga didn't count yeah because tonight I logged off work and I was like okay, like Tegan said, it's March 1st. I'm setting this goal to move my body every day. 
But for some reason, well, knowing we were recording the podcast tonight, mm-hmm. I was like, I just need to make dinner, get that done with so I can like focus on just the podcast. But I was like, but my usual routine is to log off work. And then lately, since I've been trying to get back in the swing of at-home mm-hmm. yoga, that's usually when I do my yoga practice. It's like that in between, just like a 20-minute video in yeah. between work and making dinner and my evening. And I was like, no, I'm just going to skip it. And then I was like, why am I going to skip it? Like, it's the first mm-hmm. day of a month. You know, like, let's just do it. You can do even like a 10-minute video if you're yeah. stressed for time. Like, a little bit is better than nothing. And then as soon as I hopped on my mat and like throughout the practice, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I'm doing this because yeah. now it's going to be easier to show up again tomorrow versus if I don't show up today yeah. – I know it'll be easy to push it off tomorrow because I'll be like, eh, I didn't do it yesterday. Mm -hmm. I'll just start next week or whatever, you know? So it definitely is – it's funny how it's like when it's good, it's easier to just keep it good, you know, keep riding the vibes. But then on the opposite side too, it's like when it's bad, it's also easy to just (laughs) keep riding the bad vibes or like, yeah, staying unmotivated. But you have to just like take action and be like, no. I'm choosing to turn this around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find especially when it comes to yoga, the, I think this is my second year where I've done the 30 days of yoga in January. And going into it this year, I was like, listen, we are going to try and, you know, do the 30 days. Obviously, we're signing up for the challenge. But I counted my day as me getting on the mat and... I was like, right. whatever happens on the mat stays on the mat, but you showed up, you're doing your, like that counts as doing yoga. Cause there are days like mm-hmm. I know from experience of doing it the first year where it's like, it is just not working. And if you are trying to force it because, well, you said you were going to do this, so you're going to do it. It's just like not an enjoyable experience. You're not like your body does not enjoy that. You're not going to get the nice stretch or the relaxation. Like it reaches a point where I'm like, that's almost less beneficial than me just saying, you know what? It's not working out. Yeah, I'm only five minutes into this 20 minute video, but I'm counting this as a success. And I found that that made a big difference because I'm the same where if I skip one Mm -hmm. day, Like as soon as I got into February, I skipped one day and then I was like, oh, wait, when's the last time I did yoga? That was three days ago and I didn't even like register. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. And pro tip too, if you guys also did the yoga challenge and like yoga with Adrienne specifically, Mm -hmm. she has a monthly calendar every single month. So and she turns it into a playlist on her channel. So it's like just because it's not necessarily a dedicated 30 day challenge she makes it so easy to like yeah. still follow a daily schedule without you having to like choose the video because for some reason that seems to be like a big task for me is like, yeah, I'm well, I don't same. know what video I feel like doing. Yeah, yeah. Like, do I want to do one for my back? Like it's kind of sore, but that one's 15 minutes yeah, and one's I feel better like I too can do 30 minutes. Or, like, yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's like so many complications or like things standing in my way of just doing the actual video where it's like, if I just follow her monthly calendar, which I did a lot last year, Mm -hmm. takes the thought out of it, removes any thought. I just literally have to press play, roll out my mat and show up. So yeah, little pro tip. If you're also looking to work more yoga, more movement into your Mm -hmm. life, check it out, follow along. 
because it sounds like Tegan and I will be regulars <laughs> with yes. yoga with Adrian. <laughs> yes, 100%. Amazing. Well, there you go, guys. We would also love to hear your March goals. So send us a DM. Tell us what you're up to. We can all hold each other accountable. And then I think we have planned for the end of March to check in mm-hmm. so we can reflect on how we did, how we're feeling, all of that kind of thing. But for now, we're going to transition into talking all about being a woman and why being a woman is the most badass thing and (laughs) something you should celebrate. So as Tegan said, International Women's Day is on Wednesday, March 8th, which is the day after this episode goes live. And the theme for this year is Embrace Equity. So I think at this point... People are very familiar with International Women's Day, but I pulled a little snippet from their website. I'm pretty sure it's the exact same snippet I read Mm -hmm. last year, but just a little bit about what International Women's Day is in case you haven't ever looked it up or you don't know the details. But the snippet says, imagine a gender equal world, a world free of bias, stereotypes, and discrimination. A world that's diverse, equitable, and inclusive. A world where difference is valued and celebrated. Together, we can forge women's equality. Collectively, we can all embrace equity. Celebrate women's achievement. Raise awareness about discrimination. Take action to drive gender parity. International Women's Day belongs to everyone, everywhere. Inclusion means all International Women's Day action is valid. And I feel like that's a great place to start because Mm -hmm. the majority of our listeners are female or are women Mm -hmm. and this episode is primarily to celebrate you and celebrate the fact that you're a woman and celebrate the fact we're women because I feel like I don't know society sometimes wants to make us feel bad about it or Mm -hmm. like beats us down or it feels exhausting being a woman so today's episode is to just say no we're not subscribing to that today we are celebrating being a woman But all of that being said, I think it is also important to acknowledge that even if you're not a woman listening to this or don't identify as a woman, allyship is also incredibly important and allies are, you know, just as important in advancing women's rights on the social, economical, cultural, and political side of society. So it really does take everyone's inclusion, like that little quote just mentioned and nodded to. It's not just up to women to change how they're viewed and perceived and their role in society. It's literally something everyone needs to go in on collectively to create that change. Mm -hmm. 100%. Well, and I wanted to call back to this book that I feel like I've talked about eight times on the podcast because it took me like a year to read, but it's called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle, and it's by Emily Nagowski and Amelia Nagowski, and it is a book written by women for women, and it's about how women deal with burnout at a much higher rate than men, and obviously there's a bunch of factors that go into that if you're interested check out the book because as I said they go into it all but when I finished it I was kind of dissatisfied with it because it ended being like women will always suffer from burnout because of the patriarchy and the society that we live in and realistically that's not going to change and it was almost like the more you fight against it 
the more burnout you're going to feel, but you should be fighting against it. And I was like, this is not the self-help book that I was looking for. (laughs) But then it's like, the more you think about it, it's like, yeah, no, I think you're right. Like You have to figure out how to fight the fight while still taking care of yourself and lift up other people because it will get better. But at the same time, being gentle on yourself and understanding that if you're, I don't know, in the so-called trenches, it's not a very Mm -hmm. happy place to be, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. My sister's currently reading that book and Mm -hmm. she's like, I really think you should read it. Like, I think you'll like it a lot. So it's definitely back on my radar. And the first thing I said was Tegan read that book and she said she didn't love the like ending slash outcome of it. Mm. So tell me what you think. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, But now I feel like you're like, you know what? I've been thinking about this since I finished reading and I'm understanding it more where I love books like that where while you're reading it, you're like, this is okay. And then afterwards you like subconsciously are thinking more and more about it. And you're like, no, wait, I actually really like that. And, or or like, oh, I get what they were trying to say there. Like, yeah, (laughs) I don't know. I think that's very interesting, but I do think it is an interesting concept. And I do think it's also good to caveat maybe before we get too into the weeds in this episode that I think a lot of the things that we're going to mention are really just our thoughts and opinions. And that's just kind of discussing our experiences and you know what's going on in our brains it's not necessarily like backed by focus groups and studies and things like that so keep that in mind as we're discussing this but I think part of what you just said Tag Mm -hmm. leads into kind of one of my favorite parts of being a woman despite it being exhausting and being unfair but when I think about the women in my life and I'm very fortunate where I have a lot of really strong independent women in my life and like a lot of great role models I find it so amazing how women are able to do it all and I think Mm -hmm. that's what leads to the burnout you were mentioning but when I think about you know a lot of my family or my friends and their families, I feel like the women in their families or the mom figure, you know, is really the one who is kind of the like, I don't want to say heart and soul of the family because that kind of discredits dad or like the other parental figure. But it's Mm -hmm. kind of like if you have a something you need to get scheduled into the schedule. It's like mom kind of manages the family schedule. She like manages everyone's appointments and you know, is maybe like encouraging her husband to finally call the dentist or whatever it is. Mom just is the one to kind of like manage everybody. And even if it's like outside of kids and a husband or even her herself, I think it's like in my family again, mom is the one or like the female in the relationship is the one to feed the cat every night and like you know like think about the pets and like you know everybody in the family and I think we've also talked about how this also rolls into the work world how women are typically the one to organize social gatherings or team Mm -hmm. bonding events at work and it's kind of just like we're the organizer you know and we do all of this organizing if it's for our family or at work on top of being a wife on top of being a mom on top of just being a manager at your job or whatever your role is and to me I'm just like 
That is so amazing because it is exhausting. And like I said, it's not fair that in most of these cases, those tasks fall on us and we're just expected to complete them without like without question. That's not fair. That sucks. But the fact that we do do it all, I'm like, can we just celebrate that? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. I I don't know how to articulate this thought, but I just think it's so something worth celebrating is like you can do that. And like we are strong people because of that, you know? Yeah. Well, and not only is it like women are killing it, they're considered like the best homemakers. And now not only that, women are killing it in the workplace. But there's this famous quote that Ginger Rogers said to Fred Astaire, where she said, everything that you're doing, I'm doing backwards in heels. And so it's like, not only are you like, killing it doing it but it's so much harder and then you're still doing it yeah right yeah and thinking about what you were just saying about your book where it's like it is a tough fight you know and like yeah so it's like yes we're doing it we're doing it in heels we're doing it when we're on our period we're doing it mm-hmm. while we're pregnant and we're also doing it when there's a shit ton of resistance yeah pushing against us to try to keep us back to keep us down you know and I feel like I'm getting chills just thinking about it because I'm <laughs> like I don't know I feel we can just feel in the trenches, like you Mm -hmm. were saying, and it gets very discouraging. But this is why I love International Women's Day so much is it gives you a chance to take a step back and just be like, no, I'm killing it. Nobody can deny the fact that I'm killing it, you know? Yeah. Well, and there are so many things that I find associated with women that are I don't know, like dramatic or silly or, you know, working through period pain. And for every woman in my life, at least, it's not really that big of a deal. Like, you know, you might Mm -hmm. complain about it to your friends, but they're still going to work, being cheery. Yep. Not a problem. Yeah. Whereas they say that period pain can be worse than a heart attack in men on the pain scale even like IUD insertions where people talk about passing out even things like waxing which we get done to fit into the patriarchal society getting your lashes done you grow long nails and then you break a nail but then it's like if you complain about these things that are incredibly painful it's like they're stupid non-issues it's like well actually these are actually very painful things. Even if you think about mm. the type of workouts that are popular with women like Pilates and yoga, or you think of ballet, like I don't know a single man in my life who could do one class of Pilates when like I guarantee almost every single woman in my life would go and kill it. And yet it's like women yeah. are weak, they're babies, men are strong. Yes. And it's like, I cannot even picture a man making it through 15 minutes of Pilates, but they're, you know, the strong ones. Yeah, 100%. You know, this is like so silly and not as like dramatic as what you were just mentioning, but I even think that about like drinking wine versus drinking beer. Oh, yeah. Where it's like (laughs) beer is like literally 3% and it's just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, like guys just sit around drinking beer. And then there's women drinking like, I don't know, 15% wine. (laughs) It's just like... (laughs) I don't know. 
it, that came to mind too. Not saying yeah. drinking beer is bad or anything, but it's just like so funny where it's like we actually have way more tolerance and like can put up with way more if it's doing crushing a Pilates class or if it's yeah. like handling our wine <laughs> and our alcohol content. Like we are capable of so much more than we get credit for. Yeah. Well, and it's even like you're doing all this stuff and it's hard, but then no one's even worried about it. Like, yeah, you just yeah. did like the craziest Pilates class and you broke a nail and then you're going to get a Brazilian wax and you're like, yep, welcome to my life. Time to go to work. Like, I think <laughs> of the stereotypes in old movies of like a woman fainting when she sees blood. I'm like, the, I cannot think of a single woman in my life that this would apply to. Any woman, if there was blood, they'd be like, oh, I know how to get the blood stain out of silk or whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't know. We're just the best is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I feel like another thought that I had is something else that women are kind of shamed about is having a lot of emotions. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big one. And it's viewed as a weakness or a downfall of being a woman. And I feel we're told that all the time is like, why are you so emotional? Or like, right. I don't know, our emotions change a lot more. And I was reading an article before how women are just more emotionally in touch with themselves or like in touch with their emotions than men are and men kind of they don't necessarily shy away from it but they just don't lean into it the same way women mm -hmm. do and again I feel like that's something that is viewed as a downfall of being a woman or like yeah a bad thing in the workplace but it's like I can see and I think it's becoming a bigger thing for society to become more emotional like when you think yeah. about all of the social justice movements happening right now a lot of them are driven by emotion and, of course, human rights and, like, equality and everything else. But it really is rooted in, like, humanity and emotion mm -hmm. and understanding other people. And I really think that comes across in your personal relationships, if it's your relationships with your family members, your friends. But also, of course, which we know I'm extremely passionate about, is being a woman in the workplace and yeah. being a leader or managing a team mm -hmm. and like, you know, just relationships with coworkers and whatnot. So I also wanted to talk about that because there were a few things that I was reading that I found so interesting about emotions and emotional intelligence. So the first one was around friendships and tag, I'm going to bring up your favorite Jane Fonda <laughs> for a second because I listened to her on Call Her Daddy and she was talking about female friendships and kind of friendships changing as you get older and like that mm -hmm. kind of thing. But she brought up how important female friendships are because they're so emotional. Mm -hmm. And she was saying, even when you see women out like out they're looking in each other's eyes I was gonna say out like catching up or talking or whatever I guess they don't necessarily have to be out <laughs> yeah but all of this to say when yeah. women are chatting with their friends they're sitting across from each other they're making eye contact they're like you know very invested in the other person's story or whatever and they're connecting on an emotional level through that body language and through sitting across from each other whereas mm -hmm. men they more so sit side by side and they don't actually like make that same eye contact and like build the same emotional connection through their body language as women do 
And so that was the Jane Fonda piece. But then Mm -hmm. it kind of connected to something else I read in an article that was saying that men are actually more dependent on relationships than women are and are more devastated by the ending because they have fewer friends and sources of emotional support than women do. And I was thinking about that because I was like, that lines up perfectly with what Jane was saying because she's saying if women are building these emotional connections with everybody or all of their friends and men are only doing that with their significant other or their partner that they're in a relationship with, I don't know. It just – it was very interesting to me to think about where I'm like, yet – going back to what you were saying kind of women are viewed as weak or something like that in the relationship or like the men should wear the pants or whatever it is where it's like actually maybe we're more okay if this doesn't work out than he is you know like yeah don't just assume because i'm the woman here i need him in order to survive like i have Mm -hmm. all my other emotional support system and it's all the other women who stand behind me or whatever so that was the first piece the second piece about the whole emotional relation or emotional relationships, emotional intelligence was on the whole leading a team at work. And this is something that I'm really like focused on growing and like I guess just focused on in my career at this point in my career is just like becoming a people manager and I'm really observing the leadership styles around me. And I don't know, I'm very fortunate, I should say that my company that I work at has a lot of female leaders, so there are a lot of great examples, but it's so interesting to like kind of see people's different leadership styles and then be like, is that just because of that that person or is it because they're right. a man or woman kind of mm-hmm. thing? But overall, something that was repetitive in some articles I was reading was how men are very logical and analytical and rational thinking in thinking while women are more intuitive, creative integrative and then of course emotional and I feel like what's important in that is that when it comes to building a team or leading a team or you know just motivating your coworkers if they're reporting to you or not is the more genuine and real your relationships are with your coworkers and with your team the happier people are at work. You know, they feel like you genuinely care about them. They feel like you genuinely want them to succeed. Therefore, they're happier at work and they do better work. So it's like, yes, you know, we do need logic and analytical thinking when it comes to business decisions and leading a team, but you need to match it with the emotional side of things as well. So I don't know, just something else that I found interesting to think about where, again, I feel like emotions are a bad thing in the workplace where it's like, actually, maybe they're not. Like, maybe mm-hmm. this is the key to, like, employee retention and like yeah. <laughs> keeping people happy and getting them to do better work, you know? Yeah, well, exactly. I feel like a lot of positive changes in the workplace and in the world are because more women get to have a voice and make a difference and more people of color get to make a difference and more people on the LGBTQ plus spectrum get to raise their voice and make a difference. And it's like the way that business used to be run is changing. Mm -hmm. Like I had a one-on-one with my supervisor and he was like, I can't even imagine being like, you need to pull your bootstraps up and you need to like 
I don't know. And I was like, yeah, that's weird to think about that. I even, you know, 20 years ago, I couldn't say I don't really feel comfortable doing that. I don't know, because I don't really feel like yeah. it is not my strength like that wasn't really a conversation you could have because you would be met with, well, this is your job. So do it, you know, whereas maybe mm -hmm. it's just my workplace because again, it's women led, but every time that I feel the need to bring something up and it could be even just like fully emotion led, people are receptive to it, men and women. And I think that that's only the case because there are more women leaders and women in the workplace who are encouraging those type of workplaces and those type of workplace conversations. Definitely. And I think your book saying how, you know, this is just the way it is. Like, it sucks. Mm. It's tiring. But like, this is just what it's like to be a woman. I do understand that. And of course, I haven't read the book. So I'm missing a lot of context here. But I do think also that that may be true. But over time, like change does happen, you know, yeah. and like you're saying, change has happened. So much change has happened in our lifetime, never mind when yeah. you think about our parents and our grandparents' lifetime. Like, I don't know. I think it's, yes, it can be exhausting and feel like things aren't ever going to change, but things have been changing and mm -hmm. will continue to change as long as we don't give up and we keep fighting that fight, you yeah. know? Exactly. I feel like that's important perspective to keep. Yeah. Well, and I do think too, in defense of the book, <laughs> that <laughs> it's coming from the place of like educational rather than motivational. And so yeah. they're like, you, it, you should be fighting the good fight, but be prepared to be met with people who don't want you to. Be prepared yes, to come totally. up against people who are scared by that. And I feel like even you and I, like when we started the podcast, we had friends saying that, you know, we were bad feminists or whatever for, mm -hmm. I don't know, talking about certain things on the podcast or whatever. And yeah, kind of pushing the girl boss agenda is how yes. some people have interpreted our yeah. podcast, and which has girl boss has bad connotation too now. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But then it's like, yeah, I don't know. I take a step back and I'm like, why are these people thinking that? Because I'm like, maybe it's valid. What are we doing wrong? And then it's like, mm -hmm. no, maybe they're not happy with us pushing the boundaries and being women who are outspoken. And, you know, especially in the podcast space that totally. is so male dominated. And we're like, sorry, boys, we're here. We're going to talk about stupid stuff once a week. Like, get ready. We're going to giggle about yes. it. And it's like yeah. that can be intimidating for people who are comfortable in the status quo. And it's the same for, you know, we're both working women. We're, I don't know what else we're doing. We're doing a whole bunch of stuff, but <laughs> you get the idea. <laughs> and it's, you know, intimidating, I think, to some people. Yeah, totally. I think that all the time, like, that's one of my biggest things, and I feel like this might get deep, and I hope I don't spiral too far away from the point here, but I think that so much, like, why is there resistance? Yeah. And why, of course, people 
aren't good with change. You know, regardless if it's like just moving the couch from one side of the living room to the other, or if we're talking about changing entire systems that society has been structured around for like decades and eons and, you know, Mm -hmm. generations, whatever, I get it. Change is hard. But at the same time, if the change is for the greater good, why is there such resistance to it? And I think you kind of nailed it on the head with that example is people are just intimidated or uneducated or don't know and -hmm. therefore they kind of resist it. So I think of going back to like the emotional example, like why is it so bad that women show emotion? It's not bad. It just makes men uncomfortable or like, you know what I mean? Like it just makes people uncomfortable if a woman cries or if a woman gets upset Yeah, and all of a sudden it's her problem that she's sensitive rather than just dealing with why she's crying, you know? So it's like, it's discomfort, so they just try to avoid it. Therefore, emotions equals bad. Yeah. And it's like, that's not the way to deal with things. You know what I mean? And I think that mm-hmm. about political things as well, where it's like, I think we just shy away or we are intimidated by the unknown. And then we have to like overcompensate or like project our insecurity by shutting it down, by like... I don't know, tweeting about how bad of feminists we are or like, you know, like it just has to be met with resistance because they're projecting their insecurity about the position or situation or their ignorance on it. And it's like, well, why don't we just all get educated? Because once you're actually Mm -hmm. educated on this, like you'll understand where I'm coming from, you know, Mm -hmm. or like we can meet in the middle or I can tell you what I think. You can tell me what you think and like we can both get a better understanding of the bigger picture rather than just being in our own little bubble and going head to head with one another like yeah I don't know it's just so interesting to think about yeah well I think you nailed it when you said too that it's about like personal problems or like your own personal sort of issue with it it's making you uncomfortable and I feel like it can even be like people will feel defensive because they think anyone pushing forward is like a criticism on them. Like I remember there was the huge Mm -hmm. backlash. Well, there's still huge backlash around feminism where there were all these women who were like, I'm not a feminist because I'm not like Taylor Swift. Remember said, I'm not a feminist. And I think it was because it's uncomfortable to be sort of confronted with, well, look at what all these other women are doing. And what are you doing in comparison? Nothing. So then it's like you want to shut it down just so that you don't have to feel those feelings. Even like I don't this is very random. I don't know why I'm thinking about this. But like the first time I saw a woman who had like underarm hair, it was like, whoa, what's going Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. And then it's like, sit back. Why are you having that reaction? And it's like, well, I shave my underarms every day. And it's like, well, why do you do that, though? And it's like, oh, yeah, I have no idea. And but then it's like, this is me with internalized misogyny over something that literally doesn't matter at all. Like this is someone else's body. Why would Mm -hmm. I care? But so I feel like it's that. But on like a macro scale where if you're feeling uncomfortable with where you are with your feminism and you see other people trying to put it out there, you might want to be like don't shine your light so bright or if you're a male in the workplace Mm -hmm. and you have no place to put your emotions and you're working with someone who's very emotional 
you might be like, well, don't do that at work because you're jealous that you don't have an outlet like that. Like it's a very complicated issue, basically, (laughs) is all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it is. And I think another piece to this too is also, it's kind of also rooted in like a, I don't want to say scarcity mindset, but a Mm -hmm. little bit where I think when I was, when feminism really clicked for me was realizing that everyone is entitled to success and everyone can succeed together. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be one person succeeds and the rest don't, you know? So I think that's also how people think about it where it's like, for instance, if it's a promotion at work, like of or maybe not a promotion because in that case, yes, one person gets the promotion over other people. But it's like, you know, generally speaking, we can all succeed at work. You know, it's not you or me. It's like, if I help you, you can help me and we're both going to succeed. Where I feel like that's the mentality behind women. It's like, if everyone's treated equally and we all have equal opportunities, we can all share equal amounts of success. Where I think, when you don't have that mindset or like you do view things very or you're not fully educated or not even fully educated. I'm losing my train of thought here. Oh gosh. (laughs) (laughs) But going back to like just the discomfort, I guess that's more it is like being uncomfortable that if this person is creating a podcast and doing well, yeah, if this person's taking up space, then there's no space for me anymore, you know? And then that also roots a lot of the, Retent or resistance that we feel mm-hmm. or we're put under as women who are changing some of this narrative where we're like, we don't want your success. We just want our own success because yeah. we believe everybody can succeed. You know, yeah. like we're not trying to eat into your pie. We're just trying to make the pie bigger mm-hmm. for everybody to be included, you know? Yeah, 100%. And it's like, the problem isn't even that women are trying to eat the pie. Problem is that men are hoarding all the pies somewhere else. Yeah. Like, that's what we need to focus <laughs> our energy on. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I have one more quote that I pulled from the International Women's Day website. And it's along this train of thought but it Mm -hmm. says when we embrace equity we embrace diversity and we embrace inclusion we embrace equity to forge harmony and unity and to help drive success for all equality is the goal and equal and equity is the means to get there through the process of equity we can reach equality so that's more so speaking to you know the theme of embrace equity but you kind of see how it contributes to that bigger picture and how equity really ties into harmony and unity and Mm -hmm. inclusion versus being very, I don't know, men versus women or like straight people versus, you know, other communities. Like it doesn't have to be that way, you know? And I think, again, that's why I'm like, yes, I do identify as a feminist because that's how I view things. And like, that's the society I want to live in where everyone can be successful, where everyone can be given rights, regardless of their gender, regardless of their race and their background and their culture Mm -hmm. and everything. Like, let's all just thrive together, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was like such a (laughs) anticlimactic ending to that thought. But 
but you you guys know what I'm trying to say yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. All right, you guys, we have chatted your ear off all about being a woman because that's <laughs> something I personally could talk about forever. <laughs> but we hope this got you amped and we hoped you're feeling like, hell yeah, it is a good day to be a woman. And mm. I don't know, just taking some time out to celebrate yourself or if you're not a woman listening, celebrating the women in your life, telling them how great and strong and powerful they are and how deserving of success they are. Because I feel like that is kind of where this episode ended up and it's a big takeaway for me. So yeah, but anyways, Thank you so much for listening. We drop a new episode every Tuesday. So if you liked what you heard, make sure you subscribe and follow us so you can hear our episodes in coming weeks. We are also on social media at our golden 20s. We're most active on TikTok and Instagram, but we also have Pinterest, I guess Facebook. (laughs) It's like Pinterest. (laughs) I guess that's it. Facebook too. We have Spotify playlists. And I also mentioned our Patreon community, but you can find us on Patreon to support the podcast and join our new monthly book club. But that's it for today. We'll see you next Tuesday.